Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. Again, we conduct a Wednesday night Bible class. We record it to be able to broadcast through the internet all over the world to help souls to learn God's word more deeply, more fully, more accurately, and thereby to be able to become stronger in their faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as you get into God's word more and more, your faith should be growing stronger and stronger, deeper and deeper, and more and more full. We want to help you along that line by getting God's word to you in a way that you can easily understand and that makes sense for your everyday life. Now, we do dig through the scriptures. We look at them in depth and in detail, but we try to explain them in a way that is easy to understand and that does make sense for your everyday life. We want to encourage you to do more than just study these these Wednesday night Bible classes for yourself. We want to encourage you to share them with everybody you can all the time. You know people in your life who need to have stronger faith. Well, again, since faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, they need to get into God's word. Help them to do that by sharing these studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing with your family members, your friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody come to God more fully. You may help somebody get to heaven. Now, that'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing. Now, also tell everybody, and if you have not yet done this yourself, we encourage you to do so, but tell everybody to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the homepage to our podcast link and click on that and sign up for our podcasting. When you do that, you will automatically receive to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone, computer, laptop, tablet, pad, whatever it might be, you'll automatically receive all of our podcasts, including our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, and you'll receive all of our radio programs, which are broadcast Monday through Friday, and you'll receive a great short, about a 13-minute Bible study every day that we call Today's Bible Class. Now, while at our website at churchofchrist.com, you can also access hundreds of sermons that are available more and more. They're becoming posted in video format as well as audio. And you can download, read through, and study through hundreds of biblically-based and spiritually-focused articles. All of this, these resource materials are so valuable for your spiritual growth, helping you to grow stronger in your faith, and teaching you God's Word, again, more accurately and effectively. So tell everybody you can. Take advantage of it yourself. All of this is free, and it always will be free. We keep emphasizing, we're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. So we hope you'll take advantage of this and encourage everybody you know to do so as well. We're going to get back into our study from 1 Peter, 
and we have finished the first four chapters. Now we're taking time in going through these particular books of the Bible. We've looked through a number of the letters from the Apostle Paul. Also, we studied through James, and we are coming toward the end. We're in the second half of First Peter. And um, in chapter 5, that would be the final chapter in that particular first letter written by Peter and recorded in Scripture. And then we'll probably move on to Second Peter, but we'll see how that goes. But we're taking the time because there's so much material here. And as I've been emphasizing, just as was the case in the letter that James wrote, so is the case in First Peter, that so much of what is there is written to the individual Christian, or at least to guide us on an individual basis in our Christianity. So tremendous, very helpful, and biblically guided instructions as how to, well, be a Christian and how we ought to see our Christianity on the personal, daily, individual basis, but also as to the church. How should we see the church? What should we look for in a church? And so on. And that's interesting, that last point, because in this particular study, today, beginning today, we're going to be talking about what we might look at as the structure, or at least the governmental structure. I don't really like that term, governmental, because we get to thinking about politics, we get to thinking about governments and pertaining to nations and localities and so on. And, and that's, the church is not in that particular frame of reference. But God has laid out for us in his word oversight as to how he wants to, how he wants the church to be led and guided and who it is who are supposed to be taking that lead. Now, probably if you ask most people who are, who are members of denominations, well, who's, who's the head of your church, or who's the leader of your church, or, or who's in charge at your church? Probably one of the first responses they would give is the quote-unquote pastor. Now, they're talking about the preacher there, but they refer to him as the pastor. And basically, he is... He is the, the lead, the, the head guy, the head, you know, position overseeing and leading and guiding that particular denomination. Well, is that what the scriptures teach as to the way God wants it to be? In the first few verses of 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter wrote this. I want to read through verse 4, and we're going to take some time on these first four verses probably not going to get through them today as far as it, in the detailed structure of them and, and examination of what they're really teaching. He says in verse 1 of First Peter chapter 5, the elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Well, 
when Peter begins this section of this letter, he says, the elders who are among you, I exhort. And then he identifies himself as being a fellow elder, as well as a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Now, when he uses that word elders, the elders who are among you, I exhort. Is he talking about the elderly? That is, the older members of the congregation, those maybe up in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s? Is he referring to himself on such a chronological scale? I, who am also an elder? Well, is he saying, I'm really old chronologically? I must be in my 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s? And that's not what he's talking about at all. He's not talking about elderly. He is talking about a particular group of leaders within the congregation. And this would be in each congregation of the Lord's church independently, since God has guided the structure of the church to be autonomous in leadership. That is, every congregation is independent and has its own independent leadership. Now, they're all supposed to be guided by the same guidelines. They're all supposed to be standing for the same teachings, and they're all supposed to be teaching the same thing, but each congregation is independent, autonomous. There is no overriding, overseeing governmental structure over all of the different congregations of the Lord's church in the face of this earth. Now, that's the way it is in a number of denominations, but that's not the way the scriptures teach that God has guided the church to be established on this earth and then guided through the leadership that God has laid out for us in his word, the Bible, the New Testament scriptures. So Peter is not talking about elderly. He's talking about this group of specific leaders that he refers to as the elders who are among you. Now, he also refers to them as being shepherds. In verse 2, he says, shepherd the flock of God. That's not a, an accidental usage of the word there, and we want to talk about that. Who are the elders within the Lord's church? They are the specific group of men, and let me emphasize that they are males within the congregation. Now, that does not denigrate females who are members of the Lord's church. It simply points again to the fact that God has given all of us individually areas of responsibility and areas of work. Men and women are different physically, physiologically. Anybody who tries to say we're not, they just need to look at one another again, need to look at themselves in the mirror. We're not the same physiologically. Men cannot bear children. Women cannot bear children without the sperm donor who is the male, the man. Physiologically, we can obviously see differences as far as organs and function, how, how we're put together. We can see a difference in physical structure as far as to muscles and physical strength and so on. I'm sorry that there is such a powerful 
movement within our culture today that is trying to erase, virtually erase, the distinctiveness between male and female in our country today, among humanity, in our culture especially, in this country. It should not be the case. God made us different from one another. And within those differences, we're not talking about superiority, inferiority. We're talking about difference in design, difference in, in functioning, and so on. And within those differences are attractions, attractiveness, how we, com- how we come together and complete one another as we join together as husband and wife. There is no way that we can rightly erase all of that. There just isn't. And to try to do so is foolhardy, and it is also ungodly. We need to understand that God created the male and the female in the way in which he did with purpose and design and for function. Now, we come to elders. Again, the elders are supposed to be males within the congregation. If we look at 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, and we look here, and and I don't necessarily want to get into a really in-depth study of what a lot of people refer to as the qualifications of an elder um, that Paul lays out in this particular first letter, first recorded letter to Timothy. We may look at those in a kind of a brief fashion, but we'll see about that as we go on. Now, notice in verse verse 1 of chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul says, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, and bishop is another word used for elder within a congregation of the Lord's church, more literally it means overseer, he desires a good work. Now did you notice the word man there, and also the word he? A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. It does not say the wife of one husband, but the husband of one wife. Now again, this does not this does not denigrate or demean the role that God has laid out for women within the Lord's church. It simply distinguishes between two different roles that God has designed, some for men, some for women within the Lord's church. So an elder first is a man. Now we look at that word elder and we could quickly say, well, that sounds like it kind of points out a perspective of age chronologically. And it does. In fact, there are three different words in the Greek that are all referring to the same position of leadership within a local congregation of the Lord's church. And a lot of times we just kind of blend those words together. Each word has a specific meaning as to the responsibilities and duties and functioning of an elder, but a lot of times we just kind of blend all these words together under the general heading of elder or elders. The elders who are among you, Peter says, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder, indicating that Peter 
in whatever congregation in which he was a member, he was an elder within that congregation. Not necessarily elderly, but an elder. Now, that first word, and this is the word that is referred to in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1, elder or presbyter, it does denote age, but only to an extent, chronological age. More important is it denotes age that is reflected in maturity and also dignity. The understanding that someone who would be appointed to one of these positions of elder within a congregation, among the elders within that congregation, he is to be someone who is sufficiently old enough to have grown in Christ, to have grown in maturity as a Christian. And as such, he is to be capable of being a leader, a spiritual leader within that congregation. Unfortunately, there are a lot of congregations of the Lord's Church who have not grown to the point, or if they have, they have kind of uh, slipped back, maybe in the number of members, maybe they've had a lot of members get older and die or move away, but they, they don't have elders within the congregation. That's, that's unfortunate because it is God's will that elders should be the leaders, with the, the spiritual leaders within, I believe we're to understand, every congregation of the Lord's church. When we look at Acts chapter 14 and verse 23, and we're talking here about uh, Paul and Barnabas as they were going through Paul's first missionary journey. And so they're going from city to city, and they were teaching people the gospel and establishing congregations in those different cities. Now, when we go back to verse 21, it says, when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra. Well, what city was that? The Derby. They, that was kind of the end of that particular jaunt in their in their. Uh, first in their first missionary journey. So they got as far as Derby and then they started backtracking to a great extent. So they come back to the city of Lystra and so when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch in succession, those three different cities where they had already been and taught people the gospel and established congregations. Verse 22 says strengthening the souls of the disciples now, how would they strengthen them? By continuing to teach them, grounding them in, in the word of God even more fully, exhorting them to continue in the faith, that is the teachings of God's word, and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. And then in verse 23, so when they had appointed elders, plural, in every church and prayed with fasting that commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So, First, Paul and Barnabas would go to these different towns or cities and they would teach the gospel to whomever would listen and many would become Christians. They would be baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. And as they were baptized into Christ, now they became a part of the Lord's church. 
because the Lord adds to the church daily those who are coming to salvation, Acts 2 and verse 47. Now, in their local communities then, they became the Lord's church in that community. They had the responsibility of being the church in that community. And so Paul and Barnabas, they come back to those particular towns, cities, communities. They teach them some more, teach them more fully the word of God, how to be Christians, how to be the church, and then they move on. But before they move on, verse 23 says they appointed elders in every church. So they quickly, as the people were taught the gospel, as they were taught about Christianity from God's word, they, as they assumed the identity of being the Lord's church, then Paul and Barnabas saw to the responsibility of appointing elders in each congregation, leaders, overseers. So we come back to 1 Peter chapter 5, and when Peter says, the elders who are among you, I exhort, he's talking to those leaders of, that, of those particular congregations, wherever these Christians who first read this letter, or wherever true Christians who read this letter now are situated or, or located in whatever congregation, Peter here is addressing the elders of that particular congregation, those whom have been appointed as the overseers or the shepherds of that particular congregation. Now again, the technical Greek word there is presbyteros, and it's talking about the older men within the congregation who are qualified by reason of knowing the scriptures thoroughly enough and also showing spiritual maturity and being old enough chronologically to take this position of leadership, they become leaders. They're appointed within that congregation to be leaders within that congregation under the official title elders. Now, again, how old do they need to be? Well, there's not a particular age given. But when you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 3 again, and we look there just quickly kind of perusing those or scanning through the, that list of qualities or qualifications of a, a man who could be, a, could be considered to be appointed as an elder within that congregation, says uh, the husband of one wife, so he's got to be old enough to be a husband, to be married. And then verse 4 says, one who rules his own house well, having children in submission with all reverence. Well, having children in submission with all reverence. Got to be old enough to have children. When we look at Titus chapter 1, Titus chapter 1, we see another listing of those qualities or qualifications, as many people refer to them. And in verse 5 of Titus chapter 1, Paul is writing to Titus, whom he has left in Crete to work with the congregation there, and in fact with a number of congregations on that island. He says, for this reason I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. 
appoint elders in every city. Well, parallel to what we read in 1 Timothy chapter 3, where Paul said, elders are going back to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, back to Acts chapter 14 and verse 23, where they, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in every congregation or in every city. So in each congregation. And so here, Titus, Paul writes to Titus, he says, I, part of what I have left you there on the island of Crete to work with those congregations on that island is to set in order the things that are lacking. What things are lacking? Well, the one specific that he points out is appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. And then he goes through a quick listing of qualities or qualifications of men who could be considered to be appointed as elders within a local congregation. If a man, again, a man, is blameless, the husband of one wife, husband old enough to be married, having faithful children, faithful children, so not only old enough to have children, but old enough to have children who, it, who would be old enough themselves to become faithful believers in God and in Christ. Now we can go into more depth and detail about what that means, faithful children, and to what degree can they be, should they be faithful, and so on. But that's another study for another time. But coming back to 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter is talking about the elders. He's specifically addressing those leaders within that particular congregation or in all those congregations where the readers of this particular letter would find themselves as members. The elders who are among you. Why does the church need elders? Well, obviously, the church needs to have effective leadership. And God has designed the church to be led from the human perspective in this world by men whom he has designed to be elders. Now, there are two other words that are used to refer to that particular position of leadership within a local congregation. And those words are variously trans translated as bishops and shepherds. We'll talk more about these three designations, and we're not talking about three different positions of leadership within the church. We're talking about three different words that are used from the Greek, translated variously into the English, that refer to different aspects or identities or descriptions of responsibility of that one position that we refer to as the elders within a congregation of the Lord's church. We need to understand that this particular position of leadership is really required by God. He gives no other outline of leadership for a, for a specific congregation, a local congregation of the Lord's church other than to be led, overseen, guided by the elders within that congregation. Now, I understand that there are some congregations where there are not men qualified to be elders. So that congregation has to do the best they can to improvise some kind of system of, system of leadership until they have men who become qualified to become elders. But God's design is for elders within every congregation. 
We'll come back and study this particular subject more and look at these other two words and those aspects of being an elder and the responsibility that is communicated through those words next time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son to establish your church upon this earth and your church being his body and he being the head of the church. Thank you for giving us your guidelines written in scripture to guide us as to how you want your church to be set up, to move forward, teaching your word, and to conduct itself in worship and also in edification or strengthening of the individual members of the church. Thank you for guiding us through your word to be the church that you want us to be. And we pray, Father, that you will guide us and bless us and strengthen us and help us to be that church, wherever we might be located all around the world, we pray, and help people to learn about your church and to see your wisdom in its design. And we want to glorify you, Father, by being the church you want us to be. Please help us along this line and guide us along this line, Father. Please be merciful with us. Please forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.